It was the morning of August 13th. The place was the high Uinta Mountains, in uh, the arid part of northeastern Utah. It seemed like a day like any other day, but I had a feeling, a feeling deep in my gut. The day wasn't going to be like all the rest of the days. The day was going to be something different. Something, I don't know what it was, something was itching in the back of my mind, telling me that today was somehow special. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I got to the office soon enough. On the way, I noticed that the weather seemed seemed just like that day seven years ago. It seemed like the day was only yesterday, though. It was an arid, hot morning like this one. You could literally go and hear anything happening a miles around, but the thing was, it was so quiet out, you couldn't hear a thing. But then again, sometimes the revolution, sometimes important things, are thunderous the most when they ain't making a single sound. I finally managed to get to the office, and there was some dame waiting out there out front. She decided to tell me about the problem why she came to see me today. I told her, hey, I'll go and listen to you when I'm on duty, and I ain't on duty until I get into that office and I have my first cup of joe. She said that the, that the dates, the times, on the outside of the building said that I was supposed to have opened over an hour ago. I told her, hey, don't judge me by the outside of my building, and don't judge me by my outside appearance either. I may look one way on the outside, but hey, I could be a completely different person on the inside. I've seen them before. I've put away a lot of crooks. Some of the guys, you look at them and you think, yeah, that's a low life. that's a scumball, that's somebody that you think belongs to be put away, forgotten somewhere on some dusty shelf where you're never going to see them again. But another guy, you look at them, you look and you think, hey, what an upstanding citizen, what a great guy, I'd like to know this guy better. But then when you finally get to meet him, really see him in depth, you get a real review of him, you, you really see what he's like, and then you realize that he's just another crumb bum like all the rest. Yeah, sure, I've had a few false leads in the past. A few things I thought were going one way and not another. Anyways, we finally make it up to the apartment. Thankfully, my secretary had gotten there when I was supposed to have been there earlier, but hey, it's my place of work. I got somebody I pay to get in there early, so I don't have to. We both sit down with a cup of joe, and I take that first shot, and it hits me like a thousand bolts of lightning, waking me out of the stupor I was in. After all, I didn't get to bed until at least 3 a.m., and let me tell you, when you don't get to bed until 3 a.m., you need your caffeine to keep going. Unless you're one of those lucky bums that don't have a job that's demanding of them, and you can sleep in until the afternoon. But I wasn't so lucky. She starts telling me about a problem. Apparently, she's got some sort of thing going on, some sort of get-together. She wants to know what would be best for her and her little friends to watch. I lean over the table and I say to her, Look, baby. You've come to the wrong side of town looking for the wrong thing if you're trying to go and get recommendations out of me. She said to me that I was the best, that she had heard that I was the one who could tell her what she wanted to know. I leaned back in my chair and I said, yeah, maybe, but I think you're barking up the wrong tree. This anime stuff isn't what you think it is. It's all just a bunch of schoolgirls and mechs, a whole bunch of crazy sci-fi mixed with technology, a bunch of tentacles all going after a body and they ain't asking you to dance. But she leaned over and she said... She didn't think I was telling the truth. I wasn't being straight with her. She thought that I was hiding something, that I really could help her, that I was just playing hardball. I looked into her eyes, the deep, beautiful brown eyes that a man could get lost in and drown while he was trying to swim to the edge, but just give up so that he'd be enveloped by their beauty. And I said, Toots, he nailed me right to the heart. I can't tell you what you want. I can't tell you. I've seen a lot of anime in my day. I know what's bad. I know what's good. And I know what's right up your alley. 
I got some things I could recommend to you. I got some things that would blow your mind, but you know, you're a sweet kid. You're an innocent kid. I don't want to go and see you messed up like that. So I'm going to tell you what. Go get your friends. Go and get some Escaflone. Everybody loves that. Boys, girls, it has something for everybody. Give them a little bit of Romna one half. It's a bit wacky, a lit out there, but it's perfect for a party. It gives an excellent atmosphere. Try to stay away from the uh, too heavy episodes and the filler stuff, though. And last of all, I think you should should wrap it up with a bit of Excel Saga. That stuff's fresh, it's neat, it's got a lot of in-jokes, but come on, the insanity of the few spare episodes is just it's enough for anybody. You need to mellow out with something, too. So I say grab anything that says Miyazaki and pop it into your player. You'll be one set dame. She looks grateful. She didn't think I could help her so fast. She was impressed with my speed. I can see that she washed over by relief. She kind of adjusts her hat from her curly locks, and she says to me, thanks. She slips an envelope on the table, and I say, hey, I didn't even tell you my rates yet. She says, I know, but I've heard what your rates are, and what I put in there is at least double. I appreciate what you could do for me. You've been here for a lot of people. I'm glad you'd be here for me. My secretary was writing on the typewriter in the background, and suddenly the tip-tapping stopped when the lady said this. I could tell she was listening to our conversation. So I turned to the lady, knowing my secretary was listening to both of us speak, and I say, Dame, let me tell you something. I wasn't here for you. I wasn't here for them. That's not the reason I was here. I'm here to go and separate the good guys from the bad guys, the people and worth hanging out. If you want to go and waste your time watching some sort of wretched video about some sort of high school guy that was average until he met five girls of his dreams, well, then you just go to your local video store. But I'm here. I'm here to provide salvation to those who are looking for my guiding hand. I may be a bit rough around the edges, a bit jagged, but by gum, I'm trying to go and save these people from making a mistake. So yeah, I helped you and I helped them, but I look at his duty, not a personal favor. But if it helped you along the way, ma'am, I'm more than glad to have been a service. She looks a bit taken aback, but by the time I finish speaking, she seems to have gotten it. Yeah, I'm here. I am here for the little people. Shall I tell myself otherwise? I say I'm just looking to have a good time, have a f- job that's fun. But in the end, really, that's all why I started this whole, this whole little agency of mine. I wasn't looking to go and have a good time. That was just a nice side effect. In the end, I wanted to keep people from making the same mistakes I had in the past. And I wanted them to not waste their money on some two-bit scumbag that was looking to sell them a raw deal. She leaves the door and closes it behind her. I lean back in my chair, put my hands behind my head, knock down my hat a bit, cover my eyes. I drift off to the tip-tappy sounds of my secretary. Yeah, I'd been on the job for seven years. Helped over over a hundred people. But you know, it was so gratifying. I think I could do another hundred more. There's clever engineers. But no.
time for ASO Radio. And welcome to another exciting episode of ASO Radio. This is episode 98, and I am NZ17. Joining me uh, this episode is going to be... Link 1986. And... Shadow. And together we are going to bring you the 100th episode of ASO Radio. Now, when this uh, show airs... Oh, yes, Warp Shadow? You just said it was 898. I was lying. <laughs> um, this is actually the 100th episode. Uh, we're having a bit of tired time. Get, we're, we got to pre-record things, catch up, whole big mess. But what we're actually recording and people are listening to right now is the 100th episode of ASO Radio. And the date that this episode is airing is actually August 13th, 2006, making ASO Radio seven years old. Wow. Yes, let's let's get a, some clapping going there. I okay. can't really clap. Yes. So, uh, I have to deal with a lot of clap all the time. Um, anyways, we're going to go ahead and do the news. And uh, as an honorary thing, I'm going to let Warp Shadow... And Link 1986, go ahead and take the helm with the first two news stories. And then we'll go with me, and we'll just keep going like that. So, uh, Warp Shadow, go ahead and take the story about toy animation and the Walt Disney Television uh, Corporation. Okay, there is a toy, and uh, Disney are co-producing in that, a show. Uh, it was... Uh, reached uh, agreement on the JetX uh, action adventure block over the Toon Disney Network run by WDETIJ, which I think might be Japanese, but I'm not sure. No, no, it's (laughs) W-T-I-double-G-U-R. Ah. Okay. Well, it's on the JetX blocks, which reaches 279 million homes. But the first animated series to be developed uh, as part of this agreement uh, will be a mix of CG and live action called Robotics. The animated uh, film shorts will be uh, Toy Animation's first series that uses CG animation. The miniature robots that appear in Robotics are all original characters designed by a 12-year-old boy. The robots. Well, that, that just screams quality there. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, yeah, that... I think they're actually designed by adults, but in the show, they're <laughs> designed by a 12-year-old. Well, either way, I'm sure they're going to be stunning. Yes. Um, <laughs> it goes on for a while to uh, just... Just a self-congratulatory uh, claptrap, which stroking their own ego, huh? Yes. All right. Well, we'll go ahead and let uh, Link nineteen eighty six take this next one because I really, really want to go and hear how mangled he's going to make the big long name in the story. <laughs> go ahead, Link nineteen eighty six. Fine. ADV to the uh, ADV to release at Watery Mono. Well, pretty good. It's actually Utaware Rumono, but uh, let's see how you do next time. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right. <clears throat> ADV announced that they have licensed Utaware Romano, which will be released in North America under the name Shadow Warrior Chronicles. Bit easier for English speakers to say. There is. Is it expected to be released early 2007? The end. The end. And yes. uh, for, for those of you listening and wondering uh, who these two characters are with me on the show, um, no, no, they're not my new permanent co-hosts. Um, Warp Shadow and Link 1986, I'm going to have you guys introduce yourselves as you wouldn't mind before we go further and confuse the people. Don't want to get to the fan mail before we finally say who you are and then they'll be like, oh. So, uh, Warp Shadow, go ahead and introduce yourself, tell the people your relation with NZ17 Productions and uh, what you do around here and all that. Okay, I'm Warp Shadow. I was a long-time fan of the original ASO Radio when it was not on nc17.com. The pre-hiatus period. Oh, yes. That's why it's only 100 episodes at uh, seven years. So. Yes, if you think about it, each year has about 52 weeks in it. And so if I was to actually produce an episode every week, we would have been to episode, um, let's say, 350 by now. Um, but... I figure Ace of the Radio is like a rare, delicious treat, and we don't want to spoil our appetites. So, got to space it out, make people, you know, want it bad. But but do go on. Sorry I took the uh, stage from you there. Okay, and uh, after that, I started an anime review site. Well, it was originally NZ's idea, but I ran with it. And I do any fanatics who write now. Yeah, see, what my plan was is when uh, I initially went to DigiPen, I went to the DigiPen Institute of Technology for a while to attend the school there, um, I decided to convert Asa Radio into a web print format. Uh, but it didn't go too well, wasn't too popular, was a lot more work than I thought. And so Warp Shadow said, well, since you don't want to do it anymore, how about me? And uh, he kept on doing it, so when I brought Ace of Radio back around, I said, Hey, Warp Shadow, you know, uh, come on to nz17.com. I've got a new website going. I'll bring Anna Fanatico in there and make it a nice website, and you keep producing more reviews and articles for it. Yes, that uh, sounds like the plan. And, and yeah, so I, and I've been doing reviews ever since, so... So how many reviews do we have up on Anna Fanaticu now, Warp Shadow? See, currently, um, I think it's 439, although I have a couple I want to throw up pretty soon. Ah, good, good. See, now that's hard work ethic. And speaking of hard work ethic, or lack thereof, we're going to let uh, Link1986 introduce himself now. Hi, I'm Link1986. Um... I'm probably the newcomer in this trio of um, retards. Um, We're not retarded. We just smell ripe and have a tendency to shy away from people. Okay. Um, I guess I'm related in that I've been doing Macrobo V. The comic. The comic and everything else related to that since, what, December of 2003? Sounds about right. And that's pretty much it. And um, since we're taking a moment here, please explain to everybody why you hate Macrobo Visa series and have aborted it like so many <laughs> unwanted children. Um, well, you know, like a child 
whom you leave up for adoption. One day I will return to it, wanting to claim it as my own and... Destroying what semblance of home life it's developed. Yes, exactly. <laughs> okay, and, and what are your thoughts on this little development, Warp Shadow? Oh, I... Well, let me explain. Um, I don't think of it as a child, but of a of a uh, very greedy and selfish robot. Yes, yes, Link, Link 1986 is much like that. <laughs> that will one day turn on its creator in a, um, in a fury of uh, destruction. Well, it sounds like the, until he realizes he's covered in red and he'll start running screaming about the blood. So you're saying I should nip it in the butt right now and just forget about Macrobivy altogether. Well, yeah. actually, it's uh, nip it in the bud, but uh, if you like oh. to bite people's asses, that's your own thing. But uh, let's move on to the next bit of news. Uh, at their 2006 Otacon panel, Funimation announced their license of the comedy series School Rumble. The company announced both the first and second seasons of the show, as well as the OAV. The series will begin releasing in 2007. Okay, Warp Shadow, will you take the next one about uh, Paprika at TIFF? Okay. Um, let's see. Paprika, let's see. And uh, Tick on Kencrete will be uh, screened at the Tokyo International Film Festival. I think this is the wrong one. No, that's the right one. Okay. From October 21st to the 29th. Tech on uh, Kencrete uh, opens... 20, uh, December 23rd in Japanese theaters. Paprika does not have a theatrical uh, schedule yet. Although, I think there's something on the site saying that it's going to be in U.S. theaters in March. That's true. All right, and Link uh, 1986 takes this last one. Okay. By the way, um, just, just to get this out in the open, do you have 1,985 brothers or is it just kind of a different 1986? Different. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Sisters. Hot sisters. Oh, <laughs> it must be hard finding good boyfriends for them all. Take this last yep. one. Okay. Encore Action has added Steamboy and Shinesman to its lineup. They will air September 16th and September 30th at midnight Eastern Time. All right, so that does it for the news for this episode. But, of course, the real meat of ASO Radio lies within the reviews section. Thankfully, that's coming up next. Yay! Yay? Or, oh, my gosh! Find out in a moment. So, what are we going to be reviewing this time? Excellent question. I have an excellent answer. Screw you and stop <laughs> putting your nose in other people's business. I haven't oh. heard of that title. Uh, it's a wonderful <laughs> show, just like this beauty, beautiful and ugly world. Um, so, moving along, uh, this episode we're going to be reviewing Boys B, Volume 1, Comic Party, Volume 1, and later on up we're going to review a couple of things in the hot spot. So first we're going to be reviewing Boys B. 
Now, Warp Shadow, you've written a review of this for Anna Fanatic 2 and uh, Comic Party. So go ahead and get us started on Boys B, if you would. And, you know, let us know what you think of that. Actually, I've just seen the first episode, first volume, so I haven't written a review of it. But I, but I have seen the first volume. Well, you've um, written a review in my heart, so that's good enough. <laughs> Um, so go ahead and uh, tell us all about uh, what you can remember about this show and what you thought of it. Okay, Boys B is the story of um, three high school boys, at least so far, and um, their adventures... Wild and sexy parties. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, and, uh, their, uh, and their adventures in uh, the uh, world of romance. Uh, largely, I found this was a very episodic, um, re- episodic review as not review, but episodic show that uh, that uh, tends to take uh, the plot uh, one uh, one character at, at a time, rather than uh, being your just traditional harem show. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, that by episode three, yes, you see three different girls, but they're not all falling for the same guy, which is a very nice uh, change. Yeah, is it better than, uh, oh, I love Tenchi? Yes. Not the, uh, uh, what, the uh, 1500th uh, Ryoko versus Ayaka battle? Mm-hmm. Yes, after all, you know, uh, after being around each other that long, they're going to keep fighting just steadily. You know, they're not going to either grow closer or be more understanding or just move away. They're just going to keep fighting. Yes. After all, that's what all real people do. Uh, all right. Well, um, thank you for that introduction there, Warp Shadow. And um, so basically, you got these three guys: uh, uh, Koichi, Makoto, and Yoshihiko all in the same class, essentially. They're in high school. I believe they're second-year students. Um, and they're all basically um, like high school boys, horny and willing. So, <laughs> Boys B is essentially about them trying to find love and romance. Um, the first guy ends up um, uh, finding out that he uh, has developed feelings for his childhood friend. Oh, my God, the shock. <laughs> Not too many anime where it turns into a romantic relationship between childhood friends. So, a real rare treat there. Um, the next guy uh, falls in love with a uh, nurse that uh, tends to him after he managed to injure his leg. Um, which, you know, um, when you hear nurse and love and late night encounters in the hospital, you're starting to not think family-friendly film, but uh, don't go there, thankfully. Um, and then the third guy happens to get French kissed by a French girl. And everybody, you know, he. It, this episode I found rather amusing because um, he keeps going back to the library where she kissed him, hoping to run into her, but she's not there. So each time that he's there, he takes the opportunity to read one of the, uh, the the books that are there. And so he sees himself 
at first like this really romantic thing like you would see in some sort of TV show made for women. And then the next time he sees himself like as a heroic knight rescuing her. Another time he sees himself as a like space adventurer who rescues her. It's basically the same uh, scene of him catching her falling off a ladder or a high place but put in all of these other crazy situations that you typically find. So I found this one rather fun. But, of course, the ending had to be bittersweet because what sort of Japanese tragedy would it be if that wasn't the case? Um, so, uh, Boys B, though, very skimpy on the episodes. I think it's only a 13-episode series, and each of the four discs only has three episodes except for the last one. So, you know, a little skimpy on the episodes there kind of disappointed me. Uh, all in all, though, uh, I enjoyed this show. It was uh, pretty good. Um, it had a real doujinshi feel to it, kind of like a fan-created thing. Um, not because it was, like, uh, crazy giant breasts and, like, skin-tight leather, you know, like so many creative interpretations of our favorite series. Um, but more so, it was because this um, just... Uh, it had high... How to put it? It had high production values, but the look itself looked to have similar coloring and character design like you see in Dojinshi. Um, but I'm going to go and give uh, Boys B a recommended. It doesn't have quite enough solid appeal for me to give it a highly recommended, but I did enjoy this show. And who knows, you know, it may get even better with time, but that's... Uh, Hard to say. After all, I thought that uh, his and her circumstances was going to be really fantastic, and it was up until the last two volumes. So, uh, any thoughts on this, uh, Link nineteen eighty six? Haven't seen the show or read the manga, so. No, I mean thoughts on what I said. Oh, well, I thought you dragged See, it that, out a little that, long. That is the point but... <laughs> of the show: is listening to what I say oh, and having okay, okay. funny quips with each other. Oh, okay. Well, I felt that you dragged it out a bit too long. Could have, you know, mm -hmm. cut it up shorter and uh -huh. got the point across. Oh, well, you know, good news is, is you're fired. So, moving on, <laughs> uh, we're going on to our next review now. This one's uh, called Comic Party. Um, and don't worry, there's no kamikazes in it. Uh, this one's actually pretty inspirational. And I'll let Warp Shadow go ahead and tell about this one, too. Okay, Comic Party is the story of Kazuki Sendo and his uh, slow, well, I'm not sure how slow, but his descent in the world of fan comics. If you want to use the word doujinshi, this is the show to uh, refer to, since that is what uh, Kazuki eventually ends up doing. But uh, to start out, he is dragged off by his crazy friend Taishi. And yes, Taishi is, he's sort of that nuts in that, um, have you seen the Nadesco? Have you, um, Lindsay? No, I haven't seen Nadesco yet. Okay, but if you've seen Nadesco, uh, or uh, seen Naruto, he's crazy in that guy sort of way. As in, either Guy Daigoji or Guy who's that, uh, the teacher of Rock Lee. Yes, yes, that sort of uh, over-the-top, crazy, enthusiastic... Oh, yes. ...pulling strings and pushing them towards crap sort of guy. Oh, yes. But uh, Taishi takes him uh, to a uh, 
comic convention, which is a bit different from our anime conventions in America. And he meets a bunch of people, all cute girls, of course. You know, there's very few anime that I've actually seen that have hideous girls, and I find that disappointing. (laughs) Now, people may think I'm just BSing here, but seriously, if everybody's beautiful looking, then nobody's beautiful looking. Yes, I I see your point. Although beauty is in the eye of the beholder, so... And since they're anime, we cannot behold them, so... Yeah, there you go. We can't behold them or beloved them, so... (laughs) But uh, <laughs> Oh, we can. We're just called otakus then. Oh, I see. Yes. yes. Of course, this show does get all of the female standard archetypes in here. You know, the cute mousy one, the shy reserved one, the naive one, the overenthusiastic one. You know, you name it, they throw it in here, eh, Warp Shadow? Oh, yes. That's the way they do it. But um, yeah, I found it a very nice show since... Um, uh, since it does uh, actually have a point, unlike most of these shows, that the main male character actually has a point to being in the show. Unlike and, and somewhat of a personality. Oh, yes. The, which <laughs> and, of course, his loyal childhood friend. <laughs> <laughs> Who hates anime. With a, with a pretty much a passion. Um Especially Dojinshi, and especially since it's been pulling Kazuki into its world. Oh, yes. Yes, uh, yeah, you remember Genshiken, uh, don't you? Let's see, is that one of the shows I hated, or one of the shows that I liked but can't remember? Oh, I was thinking that she's somewhat analogous to, uh, say, Saki Kusakabi from that show. Nah, sorry, don't ring a bell. Okay. But perhaps in the future, when I've watched even more hundreds of anime, it will. After all, uh, i got another 200 shows in me at least, so, uh... Yes. But, uh, do go on. Let's see, we're, uh... Okay, his childhood friend is Mizuki, who, uh, hates his, um... Hates his new hobby, since it's, uh, controlling his life. And Taishi as well. And, uh, but he makes friends with another girl, um, a, uh, a bespeckled, uh, doujinshi artist, uh, from Osaka by the name of, uh, Yu, which is, which makes it, uh, think that you should watch it subbed, because I have this rule that any show with a, a major character named Yu just becomes a lot more difficult to watch dubbed. That's true, because you think they're talking to you personally, <laughs> and you're like, no, I don't love Kazuki. Uh, I think that, you know, Ray's much prettier, or, you know, whatever happens to be in that particular show. Mm-hmm. But, um, who, uh, te- and, uh, who teaches him more about the, the world of fan comics, and, uh, for the first volume, he's pretty much learning, uh, various, uh, various uh, aspects of the fandom. Um, let's see, in uh, I think episode three, he runs into a cosplayer. Uh, Reiko. Uh, how many episodes are there in volume one? Uh, there are, um, I think, three episodes 
plus uh, a bonus little thing that doesn't actually tie into the story. Okay, so he uh, he finishes, I think, with Rachel. And a piece of cake. This volume came with a delicious piece of strawberry cake. Ooh. Well, it was delicious until they shoved it into the little green (laughs) scene envelope. And then it was just, (laughs) I had to clean the disc before I could do the review. And after I cleaned the disc, the cake tasted awful. (laughs) So, although it did, did double as a plate, the DVD did work as a plate. Oh, yes. Okay, but, um, yeah, so let's see, that uh, music he... Uh, pretty much covered it pretty well, so I'll go ahead and take over at this point, if you don't mind. Okay. Um, I enjoyed Comic Party. It was uh, a good fun. Uh funny thing about Comic Party is much like Boys B, the art style, or maybe just the dubbing or what have you, uh, really gave it a doujinshi feel to me. Uh, which, in the case of this show, is rather appropriate. Now, both of them were published by Right Stuff International. Yes, so. Right Stuff dubs either are really great, or they're like, geez, what ADR director picked the people for this one? <laughs> um, and uh, I thought the dub was competent, but it wasn't exactly endearing. Um, and the overall plot line is simplistic, definitely simplistic. It's more, if you want an educational show to teach people about the world of doujinshi if they don't know about at least the first few episodes. Um, but the most important thing in this show to me is I found it a bit inspirational. Now, of course, I run MZ17 Productions, of which ASO Radio is a part of, and uh, it's really inspiring to see the main character in this show go from just a regular person to start going and finding his passion in doing doujinshi to actually going to a convention and selling it. Now, of course, he doesn't sell very many of his first copy. I think he only sells seven or eight copies. Um, but he does make it, does give them a sense of, you know, accomplishment, of self-worth. And, uh, you know, in turn, it made me, as a small content provider, also feel inspired that, you know, you know as if I were in his place and seeing that such a thing could be possible. Why, of course, my brother. <laughs> it is our first step to world domination! Indeed. We will see our episodes and our reviews and our websites with comics to the very ends of the Earth and to media domination. Oh, yes. And by the way, Taishi does refer to Kazuki as my brother, even in Japanese, not... Uh, he just says, da-da-da, my brother. Which I find very disappointing, not with the Japanese dub, but with the English dub, because they kept it as my brother, but I thought that since Right Stuff is so pro-Japanese, I mean, after all, the their DVDs default to Japanese with subtitles rather than the English dub, I found it very disappointing that instead they didn't change it to where he said my brother in Japanese instead of my brother in English, because I think that would have worked better. Oh, yes. So. so, I'm going to go and give Comic Party a highly recommended. Um, normally, I would give this probably just a regular uh, recommended rating, except for two things. I think the show's going to get better as it goes along. It definitely seems like it's not just maybe sort of, but like this is just a couple of steps of introduction, and then we get to the meat of things. And also, like I said, I found it pretty inspiring. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, so this this is a show. Well, not exactly anime fandom, but it's a it's a show about anime fans for anime fans, which I thought is really cool. And uh, speaking of which, next episode, um, I'm going to be reviewing Animation Runner Kurumi, uh, or Kuromi, can't remember exactly, but I will tell you this much. It is also a show about an anime-slash-manga industry, but it will not be getting as high of a recommendation. <laughs> so, more about that next week. Uh, for now, uh, though, oh, you had something to say? Did you, did you uh, finish uh, watching uh, Paranoia Agent? Yes, I did. Oh, yes, and there's another great uh, animation uh, episode there. Episode 10, I think. Um, you'll have to refresh my memory. It's been a, a couple of weeks. Oh. Um, no, we're the, the anime studio and the guy keeps doing things. Yeah. Out. You might want to get closer to the mic when you say such a thing, Link 1986. Well, no, it's about the anime studio where the guy keeps getting things wrong. Oh, and I remember that episode now it. that you guys mention it. Oh, yes. That is so... Uh, such dark humor. Well, see, there you go. Just go and skip Animation Runner Kurumi, which just provides an exaggerated, screaming, yelling sort of uh, uh, perspective on things. With beautiful women. And then watch Paranoia Agent to get a much more realistic viewpoint on the whole thing. <laughs> yes, especially what Moromi said uh, is a line in that, which is, Take a rest. <laughs> and then and started saying Tanqueray, which so, I don't know why. I guess heavily into the drink. I uh, suppose <laughs> several characters in this probably were. No, it's like, uh, and it's like throughout this uh, episode, you just saw people just picking up someone's finished work off of their cold dead fingers. <laughs> it, it's just just pr freaking awesome. Yeah, you'd almost think they were politicians. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, well, we need to get going to uh, the fan mail section now, so both of you shut off, and we'll continue on. Okay. Sound good? Sound good. Okay, then. Okay, so now... Uh, the fan mail section of the show, the part where you, the fans, write into us, and we go ahead and say um, what a wonderful compliment you gave us, or please, that doesn't apply, uh, you're writing to the wrong place, such as the time when the guy was being a jerk and was saying he was writing about the Simpsons, and ah, uh, which, uh, listen to the archives if you don't remember that. Um, <laughs> okay. But also very awesome for everybody is we have a um, do to do to do if I can uh, pull it out and I can tell everybody. Okay, this is my little friend. His name's Hamtaro, and uh, he's a ham ham or hamster, and he's going to be he's going to be taking the the fan mail this episode. He's so much fun to talk to. Uh, <laughs> okay, maybe not, maybe not. Um, let me see here. Now, I've got a special number that you can call in. Now, traditionally, we do uh, fan mail on the show that's sent in via our fan mail submission form that's on the website. Sends me an email, um, which can, of course, be found at www.nz17.com slash Uh But also, 
I have a special voicemail number you can call if you would like to uh, leave voicemail for us to go and play on the air. Now, of course, we're going to screen the voicemail, so don't go and call in some rude messages, because I'll only listen to those at night when no one's around. So, uh, if you would like to leave a, a voicemail for us, go ahead and dial on your uh, touchtone phone, uh, or pulse phone. We also accept that, because it goes to the same place. It's uh, area code 775-514-1140. Once again, that's one seven seven five five one four one one four zero. Or you can also reach me through um, a SIP compatible um, voice over IP application, such as the Gizmo Project, which can be found at gizmoproject.com. And um, I'm going to leave the address for that on the fan mail page so it can easily be found because obviously you're not going to write down the really long thing that is my SIP address. And, of course, I'll have the uh, phone number on there as well. Okay, so, moving along, uh, let's get to the fan mail, which we have for this episode of ASO Radio. Now, this first one comes to us from Jared L. Banks. Jared L. Banks, of course, was our winner for the June 2006 fan art contest. And you may be wondering, of course, why we're reading this in August, since we should have read it in July. Well... Leak 1986, I, uh, you were witness to these events, so go ahead and tell them what happened to the NZ17 Productions website in July, which caused this episode and its uh, brethren to be delayed, as well as several other things. Right. Well, our um, internet host, which is Foodinet? Foodinet. Foodinet. Um, dis- That's F-U-I-T-A-D-N-E-T. <laughs> Yeah, they decided, um, you know, it'd be a really great idea. There's no one on this server, so let's just delete everything on it. And, um, oh, wait, maybe there was something on that server. Um, yeah, so we were pretty much on that server. See, what happened is, is we go through Foodednet for our website hosting. And Foodednet, in turn, is a reseller for a larger hosting uh, company. And one of the people that had their website hosted there, requested a reformatting of their um, hard drives that were hosting the website. Why somebody would request that, I'm not exactly sure, but what have you, the person that went to erase that hard drive got and mixed up the IP numbers and instead (laughs) erased the cPanel 1 and 2 hosting computers for Foodednet. And so, Asa Radio, Anna Fanaticu, and Macro will be the comic, which, of course, like 1986 authored. Um, notice the past tense on that. He says he'll come back, though. So, maybe it'll just be like Asa Radio and take three years. But here's my point. My point is, is that, uh, it delayed us because they put, they restored what they did, could after three days of downtime. And it was like a month old, so we had to redo Club NZ, we had to re-upload articles, comics, ASO radio episodes, uh, salvage what we could from what their backup was, what our backup was, uh, recreate things as best we could from different things that we had cached and whatnot, and essentially it was a big pain in the butt, right, Warp Shadow? Oh, yes, very much so. How many reviews did you have to actually upload? I think about 30 or so. Yeah, so as you can see, quite a pain for everybody. Yeah, didn't we lose like two months worth of 
Yeah, also our, our statistics tracking program uh, lost two months' worth of statistics and only caught the tail end of June, so our stats for that were completely thrown off. So that rather sucks when you're trying to go and make a new version of your advertising brochure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but so this first first email is from Geraldine Banks. Uh, we wrote to her letting her know that she won the uh, fan art contest for our Bandy fan art contest, which we run every month, of course. Still time to get in your entries for uh, this month, you know, so be sure to use the fan art submission page and uh, enter, and you could win some fantastic prize from our mystery vault. Um, would you read this email, please, Link 1986? Okay, you want me to read it, girly, too? Um, <laughs> sure, sure, read it like a valley girl. Okay. Oh, my God! I can't believe it! Thank you! Well, let's see. I'm collecting certain things, like Inuyasha a lot, manga tiles I'm collecting, too, by the Sword, own volume 2, Men, Menaru Puri, own 1 through 3, Oren High School Host Club, Want Volume 6, Wish, own 1 and 4, and, you know, titles like Rurouni Kenshin, own 2, 19 to 21. Thank you so much. I'm so surprised. I'll be sure to write about you guys on my site. You guys are great. Thanks, Jade. Okay, so uh, I wrote back to her saying we had a lovely prize from a mystery vault to send, which in this case was a volume of Oh My Goddess. I think it kind of fit up there with the whole magical and medieval kind of, you know, stuff that she listed. Mm-hmm. And um, she listed shoujo. True, true. And Oh My Goddess, I wouldn't say is technically shoujo, but I think it's something everybody can enjoy. Well, at least it's not boobies. <laughs> True, true, but I think Gerald Banks would be quite surprised if she received those in the mail. Okay, so I, I wrote to her... Not to oh, mention okay. how Enzi got a hold of some. Yeah, yeah. I can reveal my sources. Let's just say I have somebody who works in the business of death. Uh, okay, so I wrote her, let her know she won, and... Um, let her know she forgot to send me her email address, and so the other fan mail is in regards to that. But she also wrote in that, oh, by the way, I'd like to contribute some more fan art, if that's okay with you. I'll have to scan it in, but it won't take long. Next email, I'll email some newer bandy pics. Well, thank you for entering our fan art contest, of course. Look forward to getting your future entries. Maybe you'll win a couple more mystery prizes. And, of course... Uh, very nice thing is that um, we haven't got the pics yet. So, if you could uh, send those in, that would be much appreciated. And your package should be arriving any day now. Uh, okay, so that does it for the uh, fan mail portion of the show. Uh, do you guys have any sort of news or announcements about um, your respective websites that you maintain the content of? Or is there anything uh, that we've done recently on NZ17 Productions that I should mention on the show? Nope. Not that I can think of. Warp Shadow? I see. I'm just going to continue doing reviews for a while, but I'm uh, open to having other people post their reviews, just as long as you vaguely know English. And, of course, vaguely knowing English can uh, lead to hilarious reviews sometimes <laughs> as well. Um, and so if you uh, would like to write for Annie Fanatic, who use the uh, fan mail submission form on ASO Radio, and I'll forward those to Warp Shadow. 
or of course you can post in our forum which is nz17.com slash forum and that's available uh, pretty much whenever our host doesn't go down so uh, <laughs> you can visit there and we're always uh, you know introducing new topics of conversation there um, like I said a lot of stuff on the site was down but I took the opportunity to go and upgrade a lot of stuff so instead of running our artist alley on the Gallery 1 software, we're running it on the newer and better Gallery 2 software. Uh, it even has a RSS news feed that it provides, so you can be notified when we put up new pictures and have links straight to that. That'll be very useful around convention time when we go to NandesuCon in October. Um, I also upgraded the... Um, MacRobo V website with a new news script. If you haven't seen that, it's very similar to the one on Anifanatiku. Very nice. Instead of a super long page, we got, you know, just nice little news segments. Um, let's see. ASO Radio. Uh, like I said, I'm going to put up the new contact information. If you'd like to leave a voicemail, you can either call it in on the telephone or you can use your computer if you have something like Gizmo Project or Akiga installed, which is compatible with SIP. And I believe there's some Microsoft program, it's not NetMeeting, but I think it's Windows Messenger or something newer like that that you can do that with. Uh, and I'll provide links to that, um, not 1986 of them, but I will provide links uh, on the um, fan mail section of the show. Um, also, uh, hopefully by the time this episode airs, we'll have a big advertising campaign that we'll be running on a popular anime-related website, and that way we can get out the news about us hitting 100 episodes, get some more listeners in, and uh, we're going to be featuring some corporate sponsors on the show in the weeks to come. Don't want to name any names at this point, so let's just say we're glad to have them aboard. Um, and, uh, oh, if uh, you guys haven't noticed yet, there also are now uh, banner advertisements, technically widespread skyscrapers, but... We'll just keep it simple. There's banner ads on ASO Radio now. Uh, of course, nobody wants to have banner ads on their website, but nobody wants to go and discontinue their website forever. So having advertising of some form seems to be a necessity in a world where people want money to go towards them getting products rather than supporting services. So, um, of course, we still, of course, have uh, Club NZ, which I have put up, upgraded the software on that slightly. Uh, also upgraded our advertising software. Not that the end users should really care about that. Um, serving you ads better than ever. Um, but, uh, yeah, we got Club NZ back online. We're going to keep it uh, temporarily free and open for the moment uh, so that you can check out any of the comic strips that Link1986 has authored, any of the special articles that Warp Shadow has put up there, and any of the advanced episodes of ASO Radio. Uh, a couple of weeks or maybe a few months down the line, I'll switch that back to subscriber-only, you know, membership where you got to pay 20 bucks a year. Heck of a deal if you ask me, though, only $1.70 a month. Advanced access every week to ASO Radio episodes and exclusive Antifanatico and Macrovo V content. So very nice stuff. Um, and in the future, if uh, we go to NandesuCon, we're planning on having a, a table in the dealer's room uh, it's going to be really nice. There's lots of artists around there doing their drawings of different comics and whatnot and other people selling their specialty stuff. And we're going to get an Ace of Radio booth in there. Uh, I haven't decided on the exact details yet, so everything I'm saying right now is tentative, but we're planning 
Uh, I got this really nice uh, AV uh, audio mixer. It's not AV. I mean, there's plugs where I could plug in a video cable, but it do no good. Um, but I got a nice new audio mixer. I'm going to be getting a cardioid dynamic microphone with a large diaphragm in the next couple of weeks. In layman's terms, that'll make the uh, the voice uh, on Aether Radio. It'll make the sound of my voice uh, much more warmer and full sounding, so it'll sound even better than it does now just with this improvement in mixers. My last mixer uh, just was like I bought really cheap and ended up uh, dying on me. Uh, so I've been using one of those headset microphones, which has worked pretty well, but for something like we're doing right now, it wouldn't be really ideal for multiple hosts. And uh, by episode 105, see, I told you that everyone's psych news to be said. <laughs> by episode 105, uh, I'm going to introduce some new hosts on the program. Uh, now, of course, Link 1986, Warp Shadow, make very excellent guests. I want to thank you guys for being on the show, of course. Um, but I would like to get uh, some people who are going to be permanent guests, uh, guests, permanent co-hosts showing up every week and helping me do the show. Because uh, while it's nice having you guys on the phone, well, I'm going to be moving, so uh, it'd be kind of hard to do with Link 1986 since he stands internet access at the moment. And uh, Warp Shadow, of course, lives uh, quite a few states away. And while doing this over Gizmo Project is very nice, uh, adds a bit of a uh, delay in the audio, so it's harder to work that dynamic. Especially since we just can't both sit down and watch the same show. So, um, but yes, all of this, and more to be expected in the next couple of weeks of ASO Radio programming. And um seems like there was something else, and it probably was important, uh, but I forgot it for now, but I'll be sure to uh, mention it when I remember. probably wasn't even important or anything at all, but just as a disclaimer, I thought I would put that in there. Okay, well, let's go ahead, and we're going to move on to the hot spot. And now, it's time for the hot spot. Uh, Link1986, would you go ahead and tell the people what we're going to be reviewing on the hot spot? Sure. We're going to be reviewing the first volume of Sergeant Frog, the manga, the Nintendo DS game New Super Mario Brothers, and another DS Which is game not about Mario and Luigi's long-lost relatives. You mean Wario and Waluigi aren't long-lost relatives? Oh my god! Alright, and the DS game Zookeeper. Uh, it should be noted, by the way, before we get into these reviews, that in the future, um, if it works out well, uh, I may just actually interview um, anime industry professionals, such as voice actors and whatnot, using Gizmo Project and feature those on the show. It's a little bit harder to get interviews with them um, over the Internet than it is at a convention, though, so we'll see how that all pans out. Okay, so first of all, we have Sergeant Frog. Now, Sergeant Frog, or as its proper title is, uh, Kiroro Gunso, uh, or as they say in the end credits of the anime, Afro Gunso. Afro Gunso has an Afro meow. Um, but regardless of the wacky Japanese ending, I've got to talk about this wacky Japanese comic book. Uh, sergeant Frog is all about Kiroro Gunso, a sergeant from the planet Charon who is planning on uh, invading the Earth. He is part of an advanced recon squad who is uh, basically supposed to take a surprise attack on the Earth 
and take over the population of humans that are living there. Uh, however, he is foiled by a pair of middle school students. That is essentially the setup for this uh, show, uh, because the uh, there's two of them. There's Fuyuki, the younger brother, mm-hmm. and his sister, which is only a couple of months older, named Natsumi. Uh, and they're kind of opposite. Yeah, a yeah. couple months. She's older uh, than he is. But they're brother and sister? Yes. So, like nine months? Sure. <laughs> and for whatever reason, they never say anything about their father, so I don't know, maybe they talk about that in a later volume. Um, Fuyuki is the, uh, he's into the occult, into some, you know, things like UFOs, Bigfoot, stuff like that. And uh, his sister doesn't like any of that weird stuff. And unlike Fuyuki, which tries to get along with everybody, kind of passive, she's, you know, a red-headed, uh, fiery sort of attitude person. And uh, he's like, he's winter and she's summer, as they, you know, always wear shirts saying that and whatnot. Um, Their uh, names actually... Uh, Natsumi means beautiful on. summer and Fuyuki means... Spirit of winter? Something like that, yeah, I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. uh, valuable input there, Warp Shadow. Um, Kiroro then uh, basically becomes dominated by Natsumi who forces him to do chores and whatnot. Originally, uh, she was planning on going and dissecting him and putting him in a garbage bag after they came home from school, but the sergeant escaped, set up a rope trap for her, and uh, wanted to know where his uh, powerful and versatile tarot ball was and threatened to cut off her panties because he thought she was hiding it in there. Um... Which I should mention, by the way, the author of this. Would you grab the uh, book out there on the shelf for me, Link 1986? And by out there on the shelf, I mean it's out there on the shelf, not in here on a shelf. Um, Anyways, uh, the author used to be a uh, big um, hentai drawer. Not specifically pornographic stuff, but very titillating things. Etchy, if you would. Correct, Warp Shadow? Uh, I think... uh he or she also wrote uh, Arcade Gamer uh, Kabuki. Which um, that may very well may be. Yes. It was a show about uh, a girl who uh, had a super uh, a video game playing powers when she flashed her panties. Yeah, so obviously the author, uh, Mine Yoshizaki, is quite the pervert. Uh, <laughs> But I guess drawing all sorts of uh, perverted, etchy manga and doujinshi will do that to a person. So, um, but once he hit it big with Kuriro Gunso, this has been his big project for the last couple of years, is doing the manga and then later working with the production crew on the anime. So he hasn't done much pervy stuff uh, um, outside of Sergeant Frog. Now, I'm not saying it's, you know, perverted, sort of, uh, can't let your children read it, but I definitely say you'd want them to be let's say, teenagers who have been given the talk um, because this this uh, manga does kind of tend on the hey, look, nipple impressions on the swimsuit side of things uh, and what have you. Uh, Warp Shadow, you've seen a bit of the anime of this, right? About the first five episodes, uh, has uh, the, any of the other frogs been uh, introduced in the... Uh, first uh, volume of the manga? Um, so far, they've introduced Tamama, 
who is living with uh, Nishigawa, I believe her name is. She's uh, the daughter of a very rich CEO of the world's largest company. Um, and, of course, this leads to all hilarious things, like her buying an island just so that she can have a romantic time with Tsuyuki. And she's got a split personality where one side's a violent, crazed psycho who will do anything to get closer to Fuyuki, and the other side is a timid, shy girl. And Tamama, a cohort of Kiroro, who might be sensing a theme with the aliens' names here, um, happens to also have a split personality much like this one, in which he uses his extreme jealousy over anyone getting close to Kiroro uh, to emute... Uh, emit fire laser beams from his, like, mouth and eyes. Uh, can, it can lead to quite hilarity. And there's a lot of pop culture references in this series. Um, for example, uh, would you uh, please open the door, Link 1986? We'll let a little cool air in here. The studio gets awfully hot because the studio is awfully crappily ventilated. Um, anyways, uh, he's got all sorts of pop culture references. One of the opening pages of a chapter has the characters dressed up as Parappa the Rapper characters. Uh, Kuroro is always building Gundam models. Um, the controllers that a later member of the squad makes are made out of iPods. Um, just all sorts of funny, crazy stuff like that. And, of course, there's a lot of Japanese culture in-jokes which don't exactly translate well into English. Speaking of translating well, this was not a book that was translated well. The book was translated um, into English, of course, but you can definitely tell that the person translating this is uh, not very good at speaking English, or as I think is more likely, English is not his native language. He learned it as a secondary language because it really comes out in the way that the translation is written. Uh, I kind of disapprove of the translation, um, the, the dialogue balloons kind of just use, like, the Japanese, like, Fuyuki or whatever, and not really what they're trying to get across, which is kind of hard. Uh, they did keep the honorifics in here, which is a good thing, because it's a bit more authentic. You get an idea of how each character feels towards the other characters. But the downside, of course, with honorifics is when they're doing something comedic, it really breaks the pacing of that. So I think when you do a translation of manga, you should drop the honorifics when it comes to something that's supposed to happen that's fast-paced or comedic-orientated because pacing is very important in a situation like that instead of reading all the sans, chans, and donos. So um, I'm going to go ahead and give Sergeant Frog uh, a recommended. I liked it, but the cheesecake panty shot kind of things which are showing characters bending over, or Aki, the mother of Fuyuki and Natsumi, she's a manga editor, funny enough, who eventually uh, finds out about Kuroro because her children tell her, and he respects her because essentially she's the general of the house, um, but she's just grossly over-endowed. I mean, to, to put it uh, one way, her a single one of her breasts is larger than her children's heads put together. Um, and apparently Natsumi is even larger breasted when she becomes fully grown, and I just find that plain disturbing. Um, and so all in all, I enjoyed this, but it just kind of um, didn't quite have it all there for me. The translation needed a bit of work, and it was kind of like all the characters look cutesy like you'd expect from a children's show, and it's got some like references to things that kids wouldn't get 
But also, I think that uh, if you were a girl in reading this, you may not immediately realize all of these cheesecake shots are in there on purpose. But I think it really detracts from the manga as a whole. Um, Warp Shadow, you've seen the anime, which is much toned down from the manga, uh, but it's still a little bit on the, you know, hey, hey, check this out sort of oh, side. Yeah. What, what do you think of this whole thing? Oh, I, I found out that the anime does uh, it's not distracting um, um, uh, to a big point. Um, no, I didn't really uh, notice uh, too much of it other than just being a, a fairly normal anime show. It's uh, more about um, the Carol and uh, how he is not taking over the world. Yeah, that's the thing about this is Kiroro, he's a super big slacker. He'd rather be uh, playing with Gundam and screwing around and uh, taking on the serious mission of keeping the house clean than actually doing the plan that take, uh, to actually take over the world. This isn't so much revealed in the first volume of the manga, uh, and the anime was made um, probably about five years after the manga began or so, uh, four or five years. And so uh, they get to um, the pinky in the brain-esque bit. In the beginning of the manga, Kero is actually honestly trying to take over the world, uh, but pretty soon it comes down to every you know story is some crazy new pinky-in-the-brain-like plan to take over the world, which actually hides its ulterior motives of him trying to get money to buy Gundams or whatever. So, yeah, thanks for bringing that up. It, it, the anime is much more sanitized than the manga. They took out a lot of the stuff that Mine had put into this volume of the manga when they made the anime. So if you want it to be a bit more filtered... Catch the anime in fan subs, as we'll probably never get it here in America because there's way too much Japanese on-screen text and uh, cultural references, which is kind of a shame because it is an enjoyable show. But I've watched about 47 episodes or so, and after that point, you kind of get bored with the plan of the week approach of it. And actually, you've seen less than half of it. Uh, I know. That like recently they released episode 123 or 125 and a movie, so that's one of them long running shows. Oh yeah. You might want to uh, try adjusting your mic a little bit, Warp Shadow. It's kind of quiet. Okay. Um, okay. So now we're moving on to our next review. Would you introduce this uh, Link 1986? This is of course new Super Mario Brothers, only for your Nintendo DS. And your emulators. Be sure to download those, baby. Uh, the touchscreen doesn't work so well on your... Uh-uh-uh, that's what mice are for. Use your computer mouse, works excellent as a substitute stylus. Yeah, but then you're not really touching. Oh, it all depends on the game you're playing. Okay, so, um, since you haven't had much time to talk during the show, right. um, go ahead and kind of set up this review for me. Um, well... Like, describe the basic idea, the premise behind this game, and what they did that's different from traditional Mario games and what they did that's similar. Right. Well, what they did was take the original Mario-style uh, game, which has the, um, you know, the very first Mario where you're just 2D scrolling across the screen, and added 3D graphics to it. Um... From what I've been told, they also have a map 
that's similar to Mario Brothers 3. And, um, you know, other than that, I haven't had much time with it. All right. Well, I'm going to go ahead and take the reins, if you don't mind. Yes, of course. New Super Mario Brothers has um, a very um, twisty, curvy sort of plot that um, takes a long time to fully explain. Uh, I'll try my best, though. Bowser Jr. kidnaps the princess Mario needs to rescue her. Um, it's very complicated. Uh, I, I'm probably simplifying it too far, um, but I think that that'll give you a good start to go off of. Um, it, it's actually very, very lame. <laughs> it's the best way I can describe this game. Now, a lot of people are, uh, really, really like this game, but I think that either these people are blinded by their mm -hmm. nostalgia or they aren't experienced enough, haven't played enough games to really appreciate, if you will, the um, way that this game is not uh, what it could be or what it should be. You see, New Super Mario Brothers was developed by NST, which I've told Link 1986 mm -hmm. is a group of students who graduated from Nintendo's DigiPin Institute of Technology and is basically the new programmers on the block um, who have been working on a number of Nintendo DS games, including uh, Tetris DS and uh, what was that other Metroid one? Metroid Prime Hunters. Metroid Prime Hunters. Um, the team, you can tell, um, is not, um, is, they're talented, but they're not that experienced. And even though this game was approved by uh, Mario's creator, what's his name now? Shigeru Miyamoto. Uh, even though it was approved by him, I think that he just didn't give a rat's ass because he was working on Twilight Princess or something. Um, because New Super Mario Brothers takes uh, ideas from the different Mario games, um, such as the uh, reserve power-up that you had in Super Mario World, the um, multiple exits that were in Super Mario World, uh, some of the techniques from Mario 64, like the ability to jump off of walls and uh, get a running uh, succession of jumps where Mario jumps higher and does spins and crap. Uh, they combine these ideas with their traditional 2D side-scrolling game, but where the, uh, the characters, the, the Mario and the enemies are all done in 3D, um, and the backgrounds are pre-rendered 2D creations made with like 3D modeling software. Um, which gives the game a very ugly and inconsistent look. The, the pre-rendered stuff is very simplistic. They were probably trying to make it look like a traditional Mario game, but rendered with um, computer graphics. And these graphics just feel really out of place in a Mario game because most Mario games have a cartoony, artistic sort of feel to them. Uh, further compounding this is the 3D characters. Now, while they're very well put together, very seamless looking, um, they just don't fit well in a 2D world. Um, they're 3D, um, and they, they aren't really cel-shaded or anything like that. They're just straight-up 3D, so it doesn't mesh well with the background. Uh, further compounding matters is the music is just awful. It's very bland, very boring, very generic. Uh, if you played um, Super Mario Sunshine on the GameCube, the music for that is much better than this, and that's mm -hmm. saying something right there. Um, because the music in this, you could easily substitute in just about anything else, and it would make it better, sad to say. I mean, you know, it's kind of catchy in the way that you play the game, and they recycle the music over and over so it gets stuck in your brain, uh, but it's 
you don't like it, but it's in there anyway. Uh, and the other problem is that in a lot of the music tracks, there's like little singing voices, like not actual like words or anything, but things like ah, 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 and things like that. Here's the horrible part. It's supposed to be the enemies that are singing. So when it gets to this point in the songs, the enemies stop and turn towards the screen for a split second as they sing these little vocal bits. This is horrible when you're going to jump on an enemy and they stop until you ram into the side of them and die. And it happens frequently. Um, another problem is... So, literally, they die because they decided to sing... Yes, you die because they stopped to sing and you slammed your face into them. <laughs> As we all know, Mario has a very large soft spot on his head. <laughs> and so just touching an enemy will crush his brains into some sort of milkshake. Just touching them lightly will do it too. I think he's made out of some sort of fragile china that was glued together. Um, <laughs> What's that say about those bricks? He's always oh, hitting his head with. Those are marshmallows <laughs> that are stuck together with bits of cloud. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it's very backwards if you think about it. Um, the control scheme in this is awful. If you're used to the nice, tight controls that you got in uh, the uh, original Nintendo NES Mario games uh, or the controls that were on the Super Nintendo, you're going to be completely out of place like this because Mario controls more like a drop of, of oil in a world made out of water is the best way to describe it. It's not very exact at all, and, that, and control is an absolute must to have down perfectly in a platformer. Um, and um, another thing that really disappointed me, and that's the real main theme about this game, is it's not a bad game in the sense that it's awful or unplayable, but it's a sense that it's not a good game. It had so much potential in what it could be as the new 2D Mario Brothers game, but in the end ended up just being a bad combination of ideas from the different games that's just kind of half-baked. It's like a lot of spoiled potential, such as, for example, the power-ups. They introduced three new power-ups in this game. You have the uh, mini mushroom, the mega mushroom, and the, the Koopa shell. Mm -hmm. um, which, don't get it confused with the Koopa shells from Super Mario World, because those were actually fun and useful. Uh, in this game, the, the mini mushroom shrinks Mario down to half of his regular size, and this will let him get into the incredibly small pipes that are present in mm -hmm. some levels. Which I've also heard is the only way to get into the fourth and fifth world? Yes. Um, it, it's, it's very dumb because, you see, Unlike Super Mario World, which Link 1986 here has experience with, um, and you can attest that the secret exits in that game weren't so much as, oh, what power-up do I have here, as you've got to pay attention to things and notice, go, you know, I think there's something up there, some sort of secret I can find. You can find these alternative exits. In the new Super Mario Brothers, almost every alternative exit in the game, if not every alternative exit, requires you to use one of these new uh, power-ups. And so, let's say, like me, you play through the game, you want to go and um, get all the alternative exits and, you know, unlock all the paths. Um, you actually have to go back to a stage which has one of these three special power-ups, collect that power-up, and then manage to get to the end of the stage without dying, so then you can use that power-up in a different stage. 
and what makes this really a pain in the butt is that mini the Mario keep singing and you plant your fat face into their butt. Exactly. And as mini Mario, you can jump higher, a bit of floatiness when he jumps, but one hit will kill him. So it's more like a power down than a power up in my opinion. Mm. Mega Mushroom's nice because it makes you huge and you can crash right through enemies and blocks and pipes and whatnot. But that also has a problem because it's a temporary power-up and you can't use it in every stage, such as the water stages, which have a fixed top and bottom, are too small for you to be uh, mega in those, and so you can't use the power-up in there. Or if you can, the swimming levels are even worse on the control, even slower, mm. and so uh, the power-up's completely useless there. But at least both of those, even with all their faults, are better than the Koopa Shell one. Because what happens with the Koopa shell one is if you get running quickly, Mario will duck down into the shell and you'll fly around like a loose Koopa shell. If you played the earlier games, you know you can hit a Koopa, pick up his shell and throw it. That's what happens with Mario and you have no control over it. All you can do is like try to pop out of the shell before you fly off into a bottomless pit. Mm. So very hazardous because you can just fly into an enemy, fly off a pit, miss something completely, and um, it's just retarded power-ups, basically. Um, and uh, like Link1986 here said, in order to get to two of the worlds, they, they have, like, these cannons, and you think, oh, the cannons will get you to the secret world, because, you know, they blast you to the other world. No, if you go to find all of the cannons, and by the way, there's three special coins hidden in each level. How exactly three special coins got hidden in each area Mario traverses, I don't know. But... Luigi... Luigi, that bastard. <laughs> um, it, he, he, uh, you got to collect all of these coins to get all the endings because mushroom houses and some lo levels will be blocked off unless you have the fine co five coins to open the path. And um, the only way to get to worlds four and seven, I believe are their numbers, is you have to be mini Mario and defeat the stage boss in worlds two and worlds uh, six which is an utter pain in the ass as your mini Mario and you have to do Mario's butt stomp to kill to do any damage at all because mini Mario just normally bounces off all of the enemies and so you have to use his butt stomp technique problem is is when you use it you jump up in the air press down M Mario takes a second to spin around and then slams his ass on somebody and so it's very difficult to get the timing right on this to successfully be able to destroy the enemies and get to these hidden levels. So, while everybody's saying great things about this game, and while it's currently the best-selling game in North America, it is not the currently best game in America. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to have to give New Super Mario Brothers a neutral. It could have been so much more, but as it is, it just kind of ends up like a, a pie, like a meat pie, but it's only lukewarm, and nobody mm. wants to eat lukewarm meat pie. Uh, your guys' thoughts on that? Um, I could go for some lukewarm meat pie right about now. That's because you're gross. <laughs> uh, Warp Shadow? Well, I haven't played the game, and I probably never will, so... Is it uh, because of my review, or uh, just don't care for the <laughs> system that it's on? You know, I haven't... Touched a Nintendo since uh, it was the 16th bed machine, really. Well, that is uh, Link 1986's favorite one, right? Mm-hmm. Nintendo DS. I, I wasn't talking about that. No. I meant the Super Nintendo. No, mine's the Game Boy Advance. That's your favorite Nintendo system. Uh huh. 
My favorite is the NES. It's a classic. Okay, well, one more Nintendo DS review before we go. This one's not going to be nearly as long because there's not nearly as much to it, uh, nor is it nearly as well known. Right. But like 1986? I have actually played this one. Ah. So I can actually give more in-depth detail. Excellent. To this. Excellent. Um, so, Zookeeper by Ignition Entertainment, is it? I believe so, yes. Yes. Um, brings you an actually quite entertaining little puzzle game. Um, so this is actually a puzzle game you somewhat enjoy? Somewhat enjoyed. Wow. Yes, um, because the curator of a zoo ends up causing the animals to be angry at him. I forget the details of why they're angry at him. Let's just hope it doesn't involve anything like a physical relationship. <laughs> yeah, um, and so they go on strike and leave the zoo, and a very so, cutesy, blocky, simplistic look to everything in this game. Yes, very cutesy. And so you play as the zookeeper, whose job is to collect three in a row and bring them back. Yes, essentially he's tracking down the captured animals, and the only way to do that is apparently three at a time. <laughs> he has some sort of, I guess, magic net or magic truck, which requires three animals at a time. Well, he has a magic tranquilizer dart that shoots three tranquilizers. Oh, and his boss, who, by the way, actually in the game, the boss is a jerk. He's really mean and demanding. <laughs> and so I imagine it must be because the gun shoots three tranks because he bought it cheap off of eBay and demands that the zookeeper not waste the tranks. <laughs> yep. And that's why they got to be in a row mm -hmm. because it, it doesn't like tracking tranquilizers, <laughs> which would be awesome. No. Or for some reason, diagonal can't be done. <laughs> I guess they're not, you know, in a side-by-side -side sort of row. No, so vertical or horizontal. Um, but as far as gameplay goes, it's, you know, basically a page full of, of animals that they're... If you've played Bejeweled, I haven't really played that game, but it plays similar to that. Mm. Or if you've played, um, what was that Pokemon game on the Nintendo 64? It was the a puzzler. Puzzle? Yeah, yeah. Pokemon Puzzle, Puzzle League. League. Played somewhat similar to that, but unlike Pokemon Puzzle League or other games that were inspired by that, or actually I don't think Pokemon Puzzle League was the original style of that. I think it was a, a Tetris game that Nintendo yeah. released on the Nintendo 64, yes? Yeah, and then when Tetris they... Tetris Attack. That's right, and when they brought it over to America, they said, you know what's really hot? Pokemon. And so they switched the sprites around to be Pokemon. Yeah, they actually released both Tetris Attack and Pokemon Puzzle League here in America. Really? Yeah. Huh. Um, but anyways, <laughs> unlike those games where you can only swap one animal at a time uh, horizontally, and then it stays that way, Zookeeper, you can switch any two animals that are next to each other, um, either horizontally or vertically. You can't switch mm -hmm. them diagonally. No. Um, you can swap them. You don't actually switch them. You swap them, and if it doesn't make three in a row, then it switches back. Yeah. I actually use the stylus to drag them over rather than just, because you can just touch them, and they'll swap places. I actually drag it over there, so it feels like I'm... Actually. Moving them yourself? Yeah. Yes. The game actually offers three different ways of controlling it. You can mm -hmm. use the diagonal D-pad. Uh, you can use the directions on that. To go and find the animal you want to swap, press the A button and then select another animal to swap it with. But this isn't nearly as fun nor as fast as using the stylus, uh, which allows you to touch the screen and swap them. 
as Link 1986 just said, you can touch one and then the other to swap them, or you can actually drag in the direction that you want to swap them. Right. Which is quite convenient when the timer is getting down low and your game's about to end, so you can just drag the stylus over the screen and hope something <laughs> swaps around for you. Well, I didn't do that, but you know, whatever floats your boat. Anything well, else you'd like to add, or shall I wrap um, up this review? Well, um, that's pretty much it, you know. Uh, the game is pretty fun. Um, every you start off with like two or three um, health little help icons on the right side of the screen. If you tap one of those, it'll show you the animals that you could swap to make a match of three. So if you get stuck, you can use that. Yeah. And every so many points, you earn another one. Right. Um, and luckily, if there is no move to do, they'll erase that screen. Yes, so you're, you've always got the confidence of knowing there's at least one match on the screen. And if there's not, it'll serve you up a new set of animals. Yeah, each stage as you progress requires you to capture more and more animals of a, of a kind. So like stage one, you may only have to get three or four of each animal, but stage like five will require you to get 12 of each animal, as an example. Mm -hmm. And there's a couple of different play modes. There's the classic mode where you just play until you lose. Um, there's a uh, challenge mode where the boss is being a jerk like all bosses. Because I'm a jerk, right? Yeah. See, um, and he's demanding you do, like, certain requirements you've got to meet. It's like a quest mode. Um, there's a special, like, um, I think they call it, like, uh, Tonko Bond mode or something like that. I can't remember. Where you have to go and get a 100 of, of each type of animal, and then it'll level you up. And you just basically keep playing that mode until you have no more moves left. But that's kind of fun because instead of, like, just going... When you've got enough of each animal, you've got to get a hundred of one before it levels up and thus speeds up. Uh, there's one that's like a quick mode. It gives you six minutes to play to get the highest score possible. And it has a two-player mode in which you can use either each person having a game cart, which of course is faster to get started, or you can have everybody play using the uh, wireless connection that the Nintendo DS system utilizes. And so you can upload a miniature version of the game to each person's system for specifically playing the multiplayer mode, which we haven't tested that out, but probably is just about the same as the one-player mode, because um, I'm not sure if you like send blocks to the other person's side. It's not a game that lends itself to that, because your screen is always filled with the little animals and their pictures are on the blocks that you have to swap. So right. it's probably more of a competition of seeing who can get the most points or who can make the most animals disappear, or who gets so many in the time limit allowed or to yeah. a certain number. Um, but even though the game is incredibly simple, the stylized graphics and the straightforward gameplay uh, are a lot of fun. It's the perfect game for playing while, you, for example, you're waiting for your computer to boot, or if you're on the bus, or you're waiting for a phone call, or what have you. It's the perfect way to... Or if to, you're at your local zoo. Or if you're at your local zoo waiting for your kids to get back, yeah. which would be a wonderfully ironic place to play the game. <laughs> Um, you can just sit down, play a couple minutes of this, and uh, then be done with it, you know. So mm -hmm. you can play it for a few minutes or play it for half an hour or an hour, you know, whatever floats your boat. Yeah. And I found this game to be much more fun than another DS title with similar gameplay called Meteos, uh, which is essentially the same in that you've got to get three or more of the same colors in a row in order to um, launch them like rockets. 
but you can only move the colors up and down, and all the time you find yourself in the game wanting to move them side to side. And Zookeeper kind of realizes that in its gameplay, and so it makes it a bit more fun. So I'm going to go ahead and give Zookeeper recommended. And with that, wrap up the hot spots, and so we can shimmy and shake on down to the final thought. All right, so now we have reached the uh, end of our spectacular 100th episode of ASO Radio. Uh, I hope all of you out there listening enjoyed the program. Uh, I, myself, am hoping to give you another 100 episodes of ASO Radio. You know, can't promise how many, you know, will be the final ASO tally. But as long as you keep listening, as long as you keep sending in your fan mail and your fan art, and, uh, you know, as long as you just keep encouraging me to continue... Producing Gator Radio, I shall do so. And healthy donations. Healthy donations, <laughs> joining Club NZ, buying our shirts and CDs at various conventions. That always uh, helps to put some money in the pocket and keep the website going. After all, no website makes it awfully hard to download. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, there's not too much more to say on this episode. Um, what are your thoughts, if you will, on the previous 100 episodes of Aetho Radio Warp Shadow? Well, uh, hopefully uh, uh, you're getting things back up to speed. Uh, it should be more constant uh, than, uh, especially, say, your hiatus period. So I think everything should work out fine. Yeah, I'm planning on getting, uh, um, these last couple of weeks have been shaky because of the server meltdown, <laughs> and um, just, uh, I've been having to organize and pack up things the past week, uh, and there's another week's worth of just getting everything organized for my big move, um, but I'm going to record episode 101 in advance, so I can be sure to put that up uh, without having to worry about having something ready in no time to prepare for that, so... Um, I think these next uh, few episodes are going to see some pretty reliable weekly updates of ASO Radio. Um, wh- uh, what are some of your favorite moments from the past uh, several episodes, like 1986? Well, I can only think of one, but that would have to be the um, Cloud and Sifiroth, um Funny? Yeah, funny. That was probably just about the most memorable part of uh, Ace Radio. Because of how funny it was, or it's like high production, it's length, or just some sort of combination or something different. I think that it was just so well done that um, you'd almost think it wasn't NZ17 Productions that did it. <laughs> That's cold, man. That's cold. But uh, I do appreciate that backwards compliment there. Uh, it was pretty well done. I'm, I am actually pretty proud of that funny. We've done a lot of funnies on the show before. Uh, such as my um, O Macrocosm Can't You See, Can't You See song, which is a playoff of Excel Saga and the Backstreet Boys song, um, which uh, did take a lot of effort, but were not as well received. <laughs> um, well, it's amazing how people who love anime don't really like um, boy bands. Yeah, I know. You know it, it, so It didn't really pan out like that I was no, hoping for. <laughs> no. But I have done some that I thought were pretty funny. I thought the one where we had, uh, we've done fake commercials in the past in between the segments, and I thought that the uh, <laughs> convenient uh, home mecha one was pretty funny because we were like, 
and then we're like, no, these sound a lot like those Mecca from uh, Xenosaga with Z guy, you know. Yeah. Had some good times. A lot of hosts on the show, of course, and we have uh, we've had T Man, we've had Z guy, we've had DB3, we've had Kiko Six, we've had Tetsuya, we've had. Uh, oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> remember Tetsuya, eh? Um, and, we, and we've had other temporary hosts like uh, Chris McLee or whatever the guy's name was and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, definitely looking forward to having some new hosts. Uh, the place I'm moving to has uh, a local uh, community radio station, and so I think I might be able to find some experienced people who are used to doing radio programs to get on ASO Radio. So that, I think, will really add to the show. Uh, so I've had a great time these past 100 episodes, and I, I, I think everybody listening who's been a fan in the past is uh, saying, wrap up the show. <laughs> um, but I would like to go and say welcome to all the new listeners and that we hope to see you next week on episode 101 of hopefully another 100 episodes of ASO Radio. Yay! I just hope you don't have that many Dalmatians there to celebrate. Ah, well. That would be. The wonderful part is I will have a lovely fur coat. Um, <laughs> for episode 100 of ASO Radio, this is NZ17 with his special guests... Link 1986. And Warp Shadow. Signing out. ASO Radio is copyright of NZ17 Productions. ASO Radio is licensed to the general public under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, share-alike license. Additional licenses available. For more information, visit us online at www.nz17.com.